up, y'all? Kofi Kingston here, and I would love to have a drink with wrestling on the rocks, depending on what that drink is. Preferably non-alcoholic, you know? How's it going? I'm telling you why you're shaming. Soda. I would love to have a drink with wrestling on the rocks. Maple syrup. Bella. I would never have a drink with wrestling on the rocks. Welcome to the Dive Bar of the IWC. Welcome to episode one of Wrestling on the Rocks. I'm at Ref Marsh. We are at WOTR the show. And today we are going over NXT and AE dub with my boys, Clump Day. What's up, Clump? Hey, how's it going? That's right. We're a full damn litter box today. And as always, Miss Amanda Jane, say hello. Hello, I'm not a boy. My persons. Yeah. That's why I said clump. That's why I said clump was my boy. My boy clump. Clump boys. Day. Like he's, you were dogs. He's boys. Castle. Clump he's is boys. Good. By weight, I count. I count for several boys. See. Okay. Okay. But we are fifty percent women. Okay. That's a good point. It is fifty fifty. Yeah, we're 50-50. Yeah. Like one of those orange bar, orange popsicle bars with the ice cream. Oh, like a litter box creamsicle. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh. Let's start with a little something simple. Uh, if you guys had come for the hang, hang for the drinks. Uh, you'll notice we weren't on yesterday. A bunch of stuff going on. Uh, but we'll be back next week with Sports Beer to run down all things Raw and SmackDown. A uh, little swerve he told me yesterday when we were talking. He really enjoyed his Charlotte promo. So we were going to dig okay. deep into that next week on episode one. Uh, but today we're going over AEW and NXT. Miss Amanda Jane, what's in your glass? Well, my glass is boring today. I have a glass of Coke. And I also I have a bowl of beef barley soup because I do. So. Right. Sounds good, sounds good. Clump, what do you got? What's in your glass? I got a tall boy of liquid death sparkling mountain water. Oh, there that one's not flavored, right? That's just the water flavor? Nah. Good. Truthfully, it's not that good. But um, Is it like mineral fizz. water? Where it's got like no. almost... No? It's it's not it's not even super fizzy, but uh, we bought, mm. bought a box and I gotta drink them. You gotta get through it. Yeah. What you could do, Clump, is what I've been doing, because everyone knows I have not been drinking alcohol this month as I detox and cleanse... And blow it all out like a chow mein cleanse. Gross. What? Ew. What? Metamucil in it? Already ahead of you. I've been put. I've. I've. Don't call it a comeback, but I have located crystal lights, and I'll be damned. These things, with the low carbs and zero sugars, have added a spark to my life. You're this one I'm having is wild strawberry. We tried the margarita mix the other day. They have a daiquiri, which is on, uh, which will be tried. Uh, producer lady's been having those ones um, with, booze. with booze and telling me how they are. But uh, yeah, I thought I'd do a little something special with the wild strawberry. I'm trying to stay away from too much of the artificial sweets or stuff right now as well. But yeah. special occasion, hanging with my buddies, thought I'd have some wild strawberry crystal light and go nuts. Woo! Woo! Oh yeah! Awesome, awesome. Uh, yeah. But yeah, maybe you could throw some crystal light because I also have the squirt sparkling lime. It's four sparkling waters. Yeah, but like when you when you the squirt works, but when you do like the crystal light in it, you create a fun chemical reaction 
where it like geysers out like yes. Mentos and Coke, but yeah. Yeah, no, that's why that you gotta get the Crystal Light, the the squirt one, and the sparkling one for whatever reason supposed to be better for the sparkling water. I don't know, man. It says water enhancer. I believe it. I buy it. Dance that water, yo. Yeah. Uh, Amanda, what's your shirt? What is that? Oh, I've got my AEW is for everyone shirt because oh, that's cool. If you did not know, just to, just so y'all know. It is Diversity and Inclusion Month, and the beginning of the month was um, Autistic Awareness Day on April 2nd. So, yeah. If you buy it now, they're not donating any money. Oh, they only did that first round. Yeah, the first round they did. But it did donate a lot of money, though. That's cool. Nice. All right, right, cool. I'm glad I asked then. Yeah. Uh. It's been a couple of days of, uh, of a lot of excitement in my life, so I've only been sort of keeping up with news news. I did uh, watch the programs, uh, but Amanda, what do you got as far as, uh, as far as news that we ought to know about? Well, do we want birthdays first? Because the news yeah, start with might... birthdays. Yeah, because the, the news, I think, might spar a lot of discussion. Okay. So this week, a lot of really cool birthdays. Today, happy birthday to Nikki Cross. Yes, Nikki yes. A.S.H., almost a superhero, but definitely a birthday girl. Yep, so happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. And then, of course, Chuck Taylor, Chucky e. T., it's his birthday today. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's old. That's cool. <laughs> Anyways, um, some people's favorite, not mine, but Dr. Britt Baker, C.M.D., celebrating a birthday today. That's cool. Yeah, um, Dominic. Well, that's Dijak. What's his name now in the WWE if he's even T-bar. there anymore? Hmm? T-Bar. Oh, okay. No, no. no he, he, he burned that one rapidly. Oh, well, whatever his name is, happy birthday. Kane, celebrating yeah. birthday this week. Drew Gulak. And uh, one thing that's a little special, I'm saving him for... Then right, bef- then right before you say the last one, the other two that I know of... Was um, Axel Rotten and Brutus the Beefcake. Ooh, the barber. Yep, the barber. Happy birthday, y'all. So in honor of this person's birthday, I have a special background. So if you're listening, you're missing out. But if you're actually watching us, you will see it's John Cena as the peacemaker and Tidy Whitey's. Happy birthday, Mr. Cena. Yeah, yeah. happy birthday. You can't celebrate me. You can't celebrate me. Yeah. <laughs> How many candles do you have? You can't see them. Okay. Also, happy birthday to John Oliver. It's the same birthday as John Cena. He is attached to wrestling because I've never seen Marsh get angrier than a John Oliver segment about wrestling. Yeah. It was really good. Someone approached me about it and going, didn't you find that interesting? And I was like, I'll tell you why I fucking didn't. <laughs> yeah, I remember you then accosted that person for about 20 minutes. Yeah. As I worked on phones and worked, and then you left the room, and they were like, I just thought that'd be a fun conversation to have. I regret it now. I'm like, yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I taught people a lesson. They came here. They came to me to learn, and that's what I did. Uh, Grim Reaper's in the chat says, hi. Cheers, Grim Reaper. Cheers, Grim Reaper. Um, Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Amanda, uh, more news. Let's keep it coming. Cheers to yeah, all those birthday peeps. 
Yeah, so happy birthday, peeps. Um, first news that was kind of big this week, Kushida, since we do talk about the NXT, True. asked for his release. And they granted it. Um, did he ask for his release or did he just... Because the, the way it was worded that I saw was just said he's no longer in WWE. And we've seen that wording a couple of times, uh, whether it be uh, negotiations like stalled with Cesaro, they said the same thing, or whether they just decided not to resign or whether they asked for release. Uh, what was the report you saw? Um, what I saw, I saw all of that, but majority of the report said that he did ask for his release. Mm. Um, I guess, you know, Jack at times kind of, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I, I just thought that was a waste of, you know, his talents. Um, yes. A lot of people um, are, you know, kind of speculating where is he going to go. Obviously, um, he'll probably go back to New Japan, and the timing would be right. Um, if he's doing a, his, I don't know if he's got 30 or 90 days, but if it is a 30, we'll probably see him invest with Super Juniors this year. I hope oh, so. That could be I really cool. do, because the uh, talent pool is very thin for that. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't want to see another one of these. Knowing, knowing I don't know, Gato, he's going to put like, uh, what is that, like, great corn carn or whatever the hell that guy is, and like, no. Ocean Spray faction, yeah, he's not a damn junior heavyweight. Same yeah. like Ingo Takagi was, <laughs> you know. I'm like, Ugh. but um, whatever Kashida does, it's going to be awesome. A lot of people right now on the Indies are speculating they really want him to team up with Alex Shelley as the Time Splitters. Uh-huh. I would love to see that. So keep your eyes out for that. Um, I do know right now, word on the street is that um, it's probably going to happen on the West Coast. Yeah. More likely than not, either Prestige or West Coast Pro. So keep your eyes and ears out for that one. Um, so some of the discussion I saw people having was whether or not Koshida was completely uh, wasted and unutilized or if he had a terrible run or not. I think I'm kind of split on it. Like, I do think you could have done a lot more with him, but I don't think he had a bad run necessarily. The, the Jacket Time stuff really slowed it down and all, but it also... Was that a time where what were they going to do and how far was he really going to go? We've seen a lot of a lot of people struggle from New Japan in the past. I don't know. I didn't hate his run in, in NXT all the way up to the Cruiserweight Championship and all that. But yeah, after that was a little bit of a bummer. So I could understand him wanting to leave. Clump, what did yeah. you think about Kushida's run? I thought it started off really, really well. Uh, I, I liked it initially. I thought he did great. But truthfully, as time went on, um, as he did more and more with, well, initially I was like, "Oh, cool, he's doing stuff with Diamond Mine," and then they paused that, and then they didn't bring him back. As now Diamond Mine's rather big in NXT 2.0, so that kind of was yeah. was a not great spot. Then also, truthfully, anyone that was other than Austin Theory, anyone in the Indy Hartwell wedding, yeah, they're gone. Mm-hmm. You know what? That though? was the kiss of death. Yeah, yeah that was a bad spot to be. Oh, uh, you know what's, what is worth considering that no one has I've seen brought it up at all was Triple H said in an interview recently that NXT 2.0 was always the goal that they found themselves in a really interesting situation when it all kind of happened that they needed NXT to be a standalone brand because of the timing of it all and when you really look at at there, yes, there were takeovers at Adam Cole and Undisputed Era and stuff, um, but 
the timing of the pandemic really made them lean into established wrestlers, which was one of the reasons they started signing guys like Koshida and stuff was because they're established and they needed those kinds of standalone products. But once mm-hmm. the fans came back, they knew it was a matter of time before they switched back over. I wouldn't be surprised if the idea was Koshida was going to have a short run or we're going to have you run with this concept in NXT. I don't know if the goal was ever to get to main uh, the main roster for, for him necessarily. And I would understand both. I would understand if it was all like, no, no, I'm here to do all the the cool NXT stuff. And then once that was yeah. going away, being like, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't see myself in the rest of the mix. And I think that those are both fine perspectives to have from somebody. Well, also beyond that, it, it makes sense in that um, you're not really you're not really going to see a lot of these guys from New Japan go big in the main roster because it is unfortunately a landscape of giants. You know, that's not knocking it. It's just a very different thing. And to, you know, that that's an area that WWE really hasn't had the greatest track record of yeah. doing well with. But yeah. truthfully, it's a positive of AEW. I will give them credit as, you know, a, a place where if you're small, you can do really well is AEW or New Japan, you know? Yeah, you can still make money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what I do appreciate about his run, his name was Kushida on, in before, too, right? It wasn't like Kenta mm-hmm. who had to change his name, right? No, it was Kushida. Yeah, he's always been Kushida, and he got to keep the same gimmick, and he was doing the Back to the Future stuff. So, like, to... To their credit, he came in as him and did his thing, and it was awesome for that fan base. And as things progressed into Jacket Time and 2.0, I think that I don't think anybody thought he fit in the right way there. I think everyone was kind of like, this is a bummer because I liked the other stuff. And even me, who's really enjoying NXT 2.0 more than Black and Gold, personally, I just was not a big Black and Gold fan of, of most of it. Kushida was one of my exceptions. He was one of those ones where it's like, yeah. I'll take a Kushida match every day with or without promo. Like he was fantastic. And, and as he, like I said, got wrapped up in the jacket time thing, it was like, well, this is a bummer because I'm not interested in this aspect. So I'm actually pretty happy for him. If he got what he wanted, if that's what he was looking for, um, Spinner Fox brings up a good point. He said, ding dong. Hello. He goes, Kushida's free. Can't wait for enter, uh, enter super juniors. And he goes, Kushida, WB, thanks for the action figure. Now back to being the best Super J. Can't wait. 100%. That that Kushida Elite is sick, dude. Oh, yeah. It is awesome. I still might pick one up, you know, just because, yeah, like you said, thanks for the thanks for the badass figure. And I got a Rob, we got the Rob Schamberger for producer lady because she's massive on, uh, on Kushida because, I mean, she loved Back to the Future. So we have this big Back to the Future setup, and in the middle of it is Kushida, Rob Schamberger painting signed by Kushida. Like... You know what? That's if if we if this is all we got out of it, that's still a hell of a lot in my mind. We got a, we got signed Rob Schamberger, uh, Kushida Elite. He held the cruiserweight championship. We got great matches through there. I don't know. For me, it's it's a win. It's a win. And if this is what he wanted, then it's a double win. And yeah, whatever he does next is going to be badass in my mind. That's what makes me worry about like a kit. Yeah. Very similar style, and. Um, I had read somewhere with the Kushida thing is a lot of people said that, you know, once Triple H kind of was starting to get out of the picture, they really didn't know what to do with it. And which I get, you know, because of who's running it now with 2.0, but still, it's kind of like this is one of the like best junior size wrestlers in the world. Yeah. Like, you know, 
But I mean, you don't know what to do with them. Well, yeah, but that but, falls back to the Triple H thing. That the plan was never to really know what to do with him. He was brought in during uh, where they they had a gap for that kind of talent uh, to create those kinds of matches for these like pandemic era, pandemic era product that could stand on its own. And as fans came back, it was always like, yeah, we don't know how you fit in this because you never were meant to. Which is a bummer, but also isn't the worst thing theoretically. You know what I mean? Like. He was never meant to fit in that big picture. He was meant to fit in, in in the thing, and he did it, executed it perfectly. And now he gets to move on. He has WWE t-shirt and action figure. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Clump, what were you about to say? No, I, 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 to me, I get it. Like, he... It sounds, it sounds shitty when you think of it and you're like a diehard, but it makes sense as, to build up these people yes. that they're going in, like having... You know, you you got you're gonna have people that are gonna get passed to the side and stuff like that. Um, I think what's funnier or maybe kind of weirder is that the the people that were there longer and you're like, See, is this all the goal? Like for people like Andrade and Gargano, is that the goal for Chavo or is it just? <laughs> I don't know. I think you had more of a mix then than you're gonna have now. I think now they're bringing yeah. in people with the full on intent of you're going to the main roster. And I think that there was a time when the intent was not 100% that. Yeah. Like, I think that's what Karrion Cross stood out when he came through, was it was, no, this guy is destined for the main roster in a sea of people right now on the top who are not. You know what I mean? Like, the constant back and forth everyone had consistently was what's going to happen to Adam Cole? How will he work in the main roster? How is this supposed to be? Johnny Gargano, what's he supposed to do? Ciampa said he doesn't want to. The conversations revolving around who shouldn't go are going to die down, but you had a mix of that back then, and I don't think you're going to have as big of a mix now. And like you said, as a diehard Kushida fan, it's like shitty because you go, oh, no, that guy was on the show I watched. But it also is like a fan of the people and what they want. It's also like, you know what? He had a good run, and now he's going to do more things, and some cool stuff came out of it. Oh, yeah. Plus, he can go back, and he's got more stock in New Japan. Oh. No, yeah, he's yep. he's never gonna not go back there. Yeah, and he'll be he'll be a bigger deal when he does make appearances in AEW, which is bound to happen, especially with that announcement coming out. You know that he's, yeah. he's going to be involved somehow there. So, Grimmer says, "Oh, go ahead." I was gonna say also now that you have the New Japan USA so strong, you know, there's a lot of opportunities as well. So it's not like it's just the Japanese going back into japan i mean it's got a lot more you know substance mm-hmm. so i mean i could see him even doing some of that as well too and that mm-hmm. kind of crossover like some of them do especially because yeah. now he's got that residency in the states mm-hmm. so to speak yeah so yeah he's gonna be he's gonna be one of the i think he'll be a bigger name when he goes back because he had such a decent run there like i think that's one of the issues with kenta he didn't have that good of a run in nxt yeah. So he went back with almost no more extra stock, you know? I think Kushida's going back with a lot of stock. Oh, yeah. Uh, Grimper says, uh, your factoid of the day, A-Kid is first the name alphabetically in WWE. Mm-hmm. So he's like the first name when you look up the thing. God damn it, Splinter Fox. Or Grim Reaper. Uh, Splinter Fox says, um, Adam Cole's a flounder. He can't get back afloat. Johnny, I see going back to the E. I don't have see or want him back. You can have him, Splinter Fox. Take him. Well, he's uh, been working out of the Performance Center. Has he? 
Yeah. That's oh, yeah, Malcolm Bivens posted a picture of him at the Performance Center. Oh, well, he's probably... Cause I think his wife's coming back. Yeah. But either way. Cool. Fox says, I would love to see Kushida versus Yuta. Black, uh, Blake Christian rematch Kushida. That would be awesome. Uh, he no. said, no, F Johnny Wrestling. No, dude, you can have him. He's yours. He's yours now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's all I really had to say about the Kushida stuff. I'm excited to see what he does next. I'm happy we got Elites and Rob Schamberger's. Mm-hmm. Here we are. Yeah. I think that um, at the end of the day, I mean, there, there's so much now that I don't even want to talk about, you know, I hate that term for the door, mm-hmm. but there's so many different just opportunities right now that I think that I'm not, I'm not worried about him. You know, mm-hmm. he's one of those premier people in the, you know, wrestlers that's out there. So, no, mm-hmm. I just want to see where, what's going to happen. Where is it going to go? And yeah, and stuff on the indie Did scene. Did he go to AEW event? I'm wondering, I'm going to ask her. I'm just noticing, uh, we're, we're, before we get into it, I am noticing um, at Britt Baker's entrance on Dynamite that huh? they have a lot of those little DMD flyers, the style of which um, Lisa Schnur, the super fan of WWE who shows up and hands out the little yep. tiny flyers. Queen's uh, It's very much that, yeah, our sign queen. Mm-hmm. Very much that style, but I'm not seeing like the trademark... Lisa sign because she gives out the little signs and then she has one of her own that has usually a um, a background with their name in the front kind of a deal like she's got a very stylized type of sign as well I'm not seeing her sign I'm seeing a bunch of flyers and it makes me wonder if AEW printed out a bunch of those signs and fabricated the thing thinking that (laughs) WWE does that but not knowing that WWE does not do that it is a super fan named Lisa who is amazing? Even Your though favorite. she crossed me, one time what? we had a we battled it out. We were in a, a bidding war for the same item, and we didn't know. Oh. It was the Sasha Bailey. It was the first two runs on the top of the ladder from their Hell in a Cell match, oh. and it was signed by both of them. And it kept running up, and I kept running it up, and I kept thinking, "Fuck, producer's not going to be happy. We're missing rent this month." And uh, I ultimately, I ended up tapping out, and then I made some sort of comment because someone posted, like, oh, can you believe this went for this much? And I was like, I can't believe someone outbid me on this in those last 15 minutes. We went back and forth forever. And then I got a DM from her, and she's like, trust me, I got a good home. And I was like, damn it! <laughs> she like- sent me pictures of it, and I was all like, look, first off, if you had told me to begin with, I wouldn't have run you up an extra $200. I'd have bowed all- out because I would have known I was going to lose anyways. But... We've since yeah. made nice, but still. Yeah. Um, I, which, go ahead. Um, I think they're still up for auction, but Joey Janela, if you guys want some used uh, gear, most of it, it was shitty worn AEW. Uh, <laughs> we're not bitter. Um, <laughs> he's donating that money to um, helping out the Ukraine. So mm, um, nice. check Very it cool. out. I don't know if it's still, it should, I think, still be up. So, uh, But he also did do the Razor Ramon gear, and I think oh. that that's going that went for a lot of money yeah that was, that was cool also shit. the one i think that was the one he wore for um xbox return match one-on-one mm-hmm. 
I believe so. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I believe so. At spring break. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah he's always good for um, one of those things. But um, yeah, so the other news, because yeah, this will lead us right into lovely AEW. So that forbidden door. Okay. So I watched Dynamite last night. I don't, I did not partake in 420 yesterday. Mm -hmm. I forgot all about it. So, you know, I was watching, got that stupid CM Punk match. So I don't really know where Tony Khan did this thing and there was oh, shoot. Let me Let me tell you, before you get into what you want to say about it, let me pull up the results and I'll tell you exactly where it was because it became a segment. Oh. Punk, you saw it, correct? Yes. So Tony Schiavone comes out and goes, Oh! Because ah! that's how Tony Schiavone sounds. And he brings out Tony Khan to make his huge announcement. Tony Khan comes out and he goes, Thank you! Thank you! And then he says he brings out the president of NJPW. Who, who comes says out, nothing. Yeah. Says nothing. Doesn't try to say anything. Doesn't lean towards a mic. Goes out there with his hands kind of folded in front of him and just slightly nods like, Yes, I am in attendance today. And right as Tony starts to say something else, on the screen pops Adam Cole, Bay Bay, and he says some shit, cuts some promo. No announcement of this magnitude should be made by anyone other than Adam Cole, Bay Bay. And I was like, fuck off, dude. And he makes the announcement and says, but not only are you going to get that as a teaser for the Owen Hart uh, National uh, Tournament is going to be a, a teaser match, Adam Cole versus Ishii. And the crowd was all like, woo, Adam Cole, Ishii. And I was like, I don't remember which one Ishii is, but it sounds familiar. Own Pitbull. He's a ah. little short guy with no net. Yeah. That's he's fantastic. Dope. He's, he's good. It's going to be a good match because Ishii, Ishii can carry people. Yeah, oh. he can. And he had a fantastic match with Monaro Suzuki. Um, was that last weekend, I think? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it was last weekend. Because I had to and watch... Then, uh, you know, I had to practice booing Ocean Spray. That makes sense. But the segment wasn't over. At that point, Adam Cole says, there's someone else here to shut you the fuck up, Tony Khan. And Jay White comes out. And then Jay White cuts a promo and says, this isn't about AEW or NJPW. It's about the undisputed elite and the bullet club. And the crowd goes, too sweet. Too sweet. Boom. That's why people were having a fit. Yes. And then the whole time Tony Khan's doing this. <laughs> Overacting like crazy and nodding his head like, mm, oh, I don't like this one bit. And everyone's like, dude, you look like a fucking idiot. He, well, no, Tony Khan's it, a terrible actor. Go ahead, Clark. Yes. Well, a fair amount of the AEW fans like Tony Khan, Khan for some inexplicable reason. So they were like, oh, it's cool. He's here. But... I will say this, and I have an argument that I think you both will agree with. I would rather have Adam Cole talk than Tony Khan talk. Sure. So I'm okay with it. And I'm not saying this to be mean. I don't know if the president of New Japan would comfortably be able to deliver that news. He may he may not be fluent in English. Sure. He may not be comfortable in a speaking role. So I'm cool with that. That makes sense. I think it would have just been better... Jay White came out like himself mm -hmm. and 
then introduced Adam Cole and then Ishii came out because that would have been. They're they're structuring it for the biggest pop at the end, which I indicate I I get it, but I think that would have been a better, better structured story in that case because Jay White can talk, Jay White can handle it, and then have Adam Cole and the Bucks come out and then have oh, and you're gonna face Ishii, you know, or and have or have the president of NJPW say like have him just say one thing well you're gonna face Ishii boom yeah I mean and that's a really good point is I think that something that got muddled up here is Tony Khan was on on the old Twitter like he does huge announcement huge announcement on Dynamite I got a huge announcement on Dynamite watch it on Dynamite a huge announcement (laughs) this A this A is not a huge announcement B it was filmed like a wrestling angle which then brings into are we making an announcement or are we telling a story those are two separate things and Clump makes a really good point you turned it into telling a story you took out all of the out of all of the uh, uh, announcement concept because when he came out and did the ROH announcement he did a fine job he sounded weird and radley but he did a fine job I bought ROH and to celebrate we're getting Daniel Bryan versus uh, Christopher Daniels ta-da and you go okay cool with this one, he's all like, oh, I want to go out there and make faces and play around, and I'm going to have Adam Cole say a thing, and then I'll make another face, I'll wiggle my finger. And it's like, what the fuck is happening? Is it an announcement, or is it an angle? Well, and I think the, yeah. It was 420. Uh, I think ultimately, one or the other. And like you said, Clump, if it was going to be an announcement, just have Tony Khan say it. This is what <laughs> we're doing. It's going to be cool. More to come. If it's going to be a story, then you did it all wrong by making him come out there like it was an announcement. And when I say it's not a huge announcement, I'm not trying to undermine it or say that it's stupid or anything, because it's not. But it is par for the course. It has been what they've been asking about. And by they, I mean anyone who interviews Tony Khan and uh, who's not busted open. Uh, Every time they go, are we going to get a super show of NJPW and AEW because they're working together? I've even seen people who... uh, work more in the NJPW strong office, get interviewed and be asked, are we going to get that super show? This was part for the course. They've been doing it. They even called it the forbidden door because they have NJPW people on there. The fact that he goes, it's going to be an event like you've never seen before. And I was like, it's going to be a collection of matches much the same as we have seen before. This is is part for the course and it's the right move. And it is really cool. And a lot of people are going to love it. And we're going to get some really cool matchups that we haven't seen yet. But I do at no point no, felt not. like this was huge. No, no, we're not. No, we're not. You are going to get any cool matches? No. It's going to be been there, done that. There's only, like, in my opinion, I think there's only maybe three that it needs to be booked. And if it's not, someone needs to, like, assassinate Tony Khan. Yes, Jesus I said Christ. it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first. That's the worst yeah, heard it here first. First ever. I will say that. And goes, it won't if, be if these matches don't happen, someone should assassinate Tony yeah. Khan. You the, heard it here first. Yeah. It's fucking awful. Yes, I did. I went to the producer. <laughs> too much. I, yeah, and I'm not doing it. Someone else will do my dirty work. That's a good point. It won't be her. It won't be me. The first one, and this is an obvious one, Yeah. and if it doesn't happen, there's something wrong with him. And then I don't know why he spent all this money on Daniel Bryan or Brian Daniel, whatever the fuck. Him and versus Saber Jr. Yeah. Yeah, that if, one's got to happen. If, yeah. if it doesn't, then that right there, like that's no forbidden door. 
No. That's a good point. And if nothing think- else, that would be a match they would book strictly for Dave Meltzer. Because Dave Meltzer's yeah. had such a hard-on for the two of them forever and has always but, pitted them against each other. But here's the thing. It's not just for Dave Meltzer. I mean, there are people who, like for me, I love that style of wrestling. And when you get these idiots all, oh, I'm the best in the world at this and this. Gresham says it. Danielson says it. Yeah. Max Saber Jr. says it. The only one that, like for me, that I think has proven himself has been Zack Saber Jr. Yeah. And, you know, unlike, and I'm not saying it's because I don't like Ocean Spray, but unlike Ocean Spray, who gained weight to be a heavyweight and can't do his moveset that he used to do, yeah. Zack Saber Jr. has gotten, I think, even more lethal than he yeah. was before. Um, now that he's really kind of bulked up and he doesn't look like a, a twig. Um, but, I mean, that's the that's the obvious one of you need to have that. The second obvious one is if Kenny is, you know, rested, which I have a feeling Kenny will be back, is if you reunite the Golden Lovers because people want to see that again. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing, I think, too, really, to be completely to be completely fair is I really think that they should integrate some of that LA dojo and some of the people that are on the USA strong yeah, and kind of weave them into like ring of honor yeah, somewhat with AEW because I'm sorry, I think that people like a Chris Dickinson, Carl Fredericks, uh, those guys would just be amazing and need more of that platform of, you know, being on TV. And I think, I think a great program would be like, you know, Dickinson and, um, and uh, Eddie. I mean, come on, that'd be a great one. I don't know if that ever happened before. I'm assuming maybe because, but whatever. But I think things like that. I want to agree. I just feel like we haven't seen anything from Eddie in a while that puts him in that stratosphere to me. Uh, I know he's capable of it, but it's been a while. He did show up at uh, New Japan in uh, Chicago. Mm-hmm. That was a shock to me. But then when he did that, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what Tony Khan's going to be talking about. Because who did he call out? He was trying to call out, who was it? Tanahashi? Maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he made fun of his hair. I'm like, that's one thing you don't do, Eddie Kingston. You do not, you do not make fun of Tanahashi's hair. It's beautiful. It's like petting a unicorn. Mm-hmm. And I'm very jealous of Jeff Cobb because Tanahashi straightened his hair. And I asked him, what did it feel like? And he said, it was magical. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm so jealous. Oh, yeah. That Anyways. Makes sense. Yeah. But, I mean, honestly, I think that there's a lot that could happen with it. And, I mean, I know Ring of Honor tried to do that with the Super Card of Honor. But that was a big failure. Yeah. So it just made everything look very embarrassing and i'm hoping that um as far as like with the referees go like there's certain people who should not be working some of those new japan matches yeah there there's some who should not and some who should yeah so that's just Uh, my opinion i gotcha uh let me run through the chat real quick spinner fox says um njpw gm got a great pop though that's true yeah. Uh, he says, uh, "I really hope. I mean, but I, but I will agree with you, Clump. Where there was a certain point of him coming out that almost felt cheap and like a token. Like, look, he's here. 
ta-da, and like he was just kind of background immediately after that was a little weird. Like they could have handled him just, I don't know, in a way that if they hadn't tried to make it some sort of weird angle and had made an announcement, it would have been much cooler to have him there. But if you're going to make it the other thing, like you said, maybe have him walk out behind Jay White or something like, oh, sanctioned by the guy, you know, or. um, And I forgot that Harold isn't the president anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because pandemic and all that, I forgot. Totally forgot. Uh, sort of Fox says, "I really hope Omega and, and Ibushi are healthy at Forbidden Door, uh, but I don't think that match will happen." He goes, "Tony needs to keep his bitch ass in the back." Uh, he says, "Only Jay White, fuck Cole. Uh, these huge announcements are pissing me off." He says, "A, there are mm-hmm. two, there are two too many announcements, and B, why the fuck does it have to be Tony all the fucking time? Damn selfish little man." Uh, and I think also, like Clump said, even the way you made it into a story was such that it didn't need the build of a huge announcement because it almost, I think it made it less than. I think by saying there's a huge announcement, watch there's a huge announcement, and then he goes, we are doing that pay-per-view everyone's been asking about. It would have been, I think, bigger if, like you said, it was the Adam Cole thing and Jay White showed up and it was because they'd cut that Undisputed Elite promo earlier. You could have had a whole Bullet Club thing go on and then be all like, you know what? Not only is this going to happen... But then you have like tone. You have like footage in the back, and there's Tony and the GM from NJPW. What are they talking about? And like make it into a thing. People go, "Oh, holy shit, we're gonna do a whole thing," you know? Yeah. Like you could have done think, something. I don't think the casual AEW viewer or the diehard knows who the president of New Japan Wrestling is. No, but Tony Schiavone should and would say it on commentary, or Excalibur would. Oh my God, that's the GM from NJPW. Do you think mm-hmm. they're, you know what I mean? Oh, I just got this word in. Like, you don't have to make it too fancy. And, I mean, they say so much shit that's not believable anyways. It'd be fine to go like, but this just in. I think they were probably told not to say anything because, you know, the big man has to have, the little big man has to have his moment. Yeah, and that's my point, is he didn't have to have his moment. Okay. He could have just yeah. made it be a thing that happened on the show. And people were like, holy shit, did you see what happened? Instead of being like, huge announcement, huge announcement. Is it yeah. the thing we thought? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing that should happen but it won't happen because he's injured and screw you ocean spray for injuring him is I would have loved to seen Sonata and Ricky starts in a little style battle because they're both kind of stylish men. That would have been awesome. But you know, catwalk. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think you're going to bring a injured person. Yeah. Uh, says I have a feeling the ladies won't be involved, which sucks. Julie from stardom or, Saying they don't he needs to face Thunder Rosa. NJPW doesn't have any women, right? No. They not. affiliate, but they don't have women. Yeah, they affiliate, but they're not going to bring the women people over. Mm-hmm. If they want Japanese people, they're going to have to dig for for Yoshi, Joshi, not Yoshi, Joshi that Kenny knows, or through like Rio or um, Shida and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and he wants to see uh, Kari Sane versus Thunder Rosa, which I would like to see at some point too, but. Yeah, uh, he lists off a bunch of a bunch of matches he wants, not just the ones you said. He goes, Brian versus Okada would be better than Brian versus Zack Saber. No, he said, uh, are you yeah, I think I don't I don't agree with that at all. I think no. that uh, yeah. Uh, so he goes, CM Punk versus Kenta, which I also couldn't give two shits less for. I actually think I've always thought the go to sleep was a terrible looking move, and the fact that we would have like two people doing it. Well, there's exciting. four people doing it because Guevara does it. And... Oh yeah. Someone and Danhausen, Danhausen does yeah. it. 
Oh, Somebody did God. it on WWE the other day, and I was like, stop doing that move. It looks dumb. I would like to see the return of Colt Cabana and uh, Yano tag teaming together against, like, Orange Cassidy and, I don't know, mm. insert whoever. Uh, let's see. He says J versus Mox, FTW versus G.O.D., Omega versus Bushi, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Yuta, Connors versus Garcia, Tanahashi versus Mox, J versus Malachi, Joe versus Jonah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Spinner Fox says he knew who the GM was. That's good. Well, of uh, course you knew Spinner Fox who the GM was. Yeah. But you're not the average AEW nut or nut job yeah. or, you know. Yeah, you fuck. Let's see. He says that is what is pissing me off. AEW watchers are becoming WWE fans. Boys, they only watch AEW. I'm not sure what he means by that. Expand a little bit, because I think that might be an interesting topic. Uh, and he does say... You think you know what he means? Uh, he does say Sonata would beat Baby Rock's ass, Amanda. So, just so you know. Oh, well, I like them, but I, I, I'm a huge fan of Sonata. Yeah. So. <laughs> that wouldn't be the worst. He's my favorite member of LIJ, and I, for the longest time, um, New Japan was grooming him to be the next Okada, and I don't know what happened. Yeah. And when uh, Evil left, I was like, no, that was supposed to be Sonata. But because they had set it up really well, that was the biggest like swerve I've seen mm. that New Japan had done. That I was really like, oh man! And look where Evil is now. He's horrible as yeah. a singles wrestler. He's better yeah. back in the tag team. Yes. But, gotcha, you know. gotcha. Oh, Spin Fox says AEW fans only watch AEW. They don't watch other wrestling. Like he thinks, like because there are there is a sect of WWE fans that watch literally nothing else. There is a sect of AEW fans. Uh, probably a large sect that only watch AEW, nothing else, and they just they get they. It's a really interesting audience in the fact that I think it's kind of cool that even though they don't seem to watch or know what's going on half the time with some of that stuff, they'll still pop because they know they're supposed to. They still want to play along, and that's kind of fun. Like I don't hate that, but uh, but you know when you're sitting there on like I don't know a social media platform, and there's some hills that people like to die on that don't make a lot of sense. It's like, mm, you might want to at least educate yourself a little bit before you yeah. open Buka. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> and he does say Suzuki versus Darby, Darby Allen, I think could happen. I don't think That's I'd want to see that. I, I would I would watch it if Suzuki just absolutely just destroyed Darby. That would be funny. I want him to destroy Sammy Guevara. That would be good. Beat That'd the shit be out of him. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, Clump. I feel like we haven't heard enough from you. A lot in the chat. A lot from me and Amanda. What do you think about the AEW NJPW Super Show, The Forbidden Door? I think it's a good idea. I, I'm excited for it. Um, I mean, no, no matter how long this has been, and we know it's been happening, it's been the slow build. It is still cool yeah. to see it fine, like, actually yes. happening. Um, I'd like to see more down the road. Like, I'm excited for this, but I'd love to see this continue on, and we have more events moving on thereafter. Mm -hmm. um, I think this really just served a good purpose to get people in it excited, though I feel it wasn't nearly as well-received as I thought. The pop wasn't that big, really. Like, anywhere that I thought it'd be. Yeah. Um, but also then, like, and I'll knock AEW here, because... Uh, they they do this with WWE a lot. The that uh center seemed a lot less full. Like it it didn't seem sold out. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like those. I mean, I will say, I liked how they brought people down, but the upper decks are just—they were blacked out. Yep. Yeah. I think I think running all the same cities all the time is starting to hurt them. I don't think yeah. they're getting. I mean, they don't need agree. to be in Britsburg like every other day, or you know, yeah. Like that. yeah. I mean, to be honest, like um, New Orleans looked like it was packed. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I back. think the crowd's getting spoiled. They get it a lot, so they don't have to go to this one. There's gonna be yeah. another one in a month, and then so and then when you go when you run that often, and it starts becoming like, oh, I'll wait till the card's a little bit different. Like I do think that. I don't think there's enough people in those cities to pack it out who are willing to spend the money to pack it out all the time. So I do think yeah. running the same cities is what's hurting them. I do. Because I think their fan base is still rabid. And I think when they show up to a new city, you'll have a lot of people turn out. But I agree with you. Probably it's going to be nuts. Yeah. Or is. I mean, but I think that um, that at the end of the day, I don't know. I think this one's an ill-timed one. And I hate yeah. that New Japan, this is a, actually both of these companies, you do so much in Chicago, okay? You're going to have another pay-per-view in Chicago in yeah. September, Labor Day weekend. Uh-huh. Why don't you spread the love somewhere, you know? Because yeah. New Japan didn't draw very well on the East Coast. Uh-uh. Yeah. Hashtag facts. But when they were on the West Coast, oh my God. That uh, Walter, whatever, Walter Murphy or Walter, whatever, pyramid down in Long Beach, that shit was sold out, like packed yeah. to the rim. Same with the Cow Palace. They only did in San Francisco once. Yeah. And that place was full. And a yeah. lot of it was because they did, because of the nostalgia of the Cow Palace. But I'm thinking, you know, if they came and did like a Staples Center or whatever, they could fill that out. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, Staples yeah, is no. a big, but for a big well, event, you probably could. If you're doing in something like the, the Forbidden yeah. Door event, yeah, pay-per-view yeah, like that, yeah. Could. Yeah. You probably could. But why do you think they're hitting Chicago again with that pay-per-view? I thought that was really weird. Since it was in Chicago, I was like, fucking why? That's definitely something you'd want to do somewhere else. Well, I don't know. They really are getting spoiled. Or is it because, oh, Ryan Barkin does their tease too for New Japan. So does that mean, oh, it means his people all get the front couple of rows. Not to complain about that, you know, but that's the truth. And be, wonder, that's, getting old. that's getting really old. Yeah. I wonder you if know. they're planning a big uh, CM Punk match for that one and they want it in Chicago so he can like main event or some shit. Why? Who would be? Who would you want to see CM Punk face? Like, if that is the case, if it's because of CM Punk, who would you want to see CM Punk in face in NJPW? Nato. Nato. What about you, Clump? Okay. Nato. Nato's a. Nato. That's the only choice. Because Okada, I think, is too slow of a worker. Yeah. And he's kind of boring in a way, and then Punk's kind of boring. So you can't have two boring people. Yeah. I mean, Okada can do like well, and I think I think a slow match would be good. I think Punk would be the weak point there because Punk. I'm sorry, he hasn't shown me a, a much positive. He seems like he's getting winded. He seems like he's getting burned out hard. Yeah. 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 And even when before he even made it out to to WWE, okay. where he became famous, for the record. What uh, 
uh, before he was even there, he was Ring of Honor. Did he do anything really in Japan at all, or even wrestle guys with that kind of strong style concept? I feel like he was just a total indie backyard yeah. guy and Ring of Honor, yeah. and then WWE. Yeah, he was an indie back backyard guy because the one who was more of the man of the world was Cabana because Cabana mm-hmm. spent like I think what was it two months in England and the UK you know doing all the you know the Butlins camps and the you know all the that other stuff and he went to Japan I think before so yeah I don't think I don't think if he did he might have done Dragon Dragon Gate but very briefly yeah, yeah. I'm not a full fan so I, I yeah. don't quote me on that one Clump, is there anybody you want to see you would, I mean, I agree with what you're saying about Punk, so I don't want to be like, what's your dream match? Because I think it's misused anyways, but is there someone in New Japan that you think would have a match that you would be excited to see that would involve CM Punk, or or not really excited, just okay to see kind of a deal? I think Naito would be good. I think, um, I think I'm okay with Okada. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think that's just because I give Okada a lot of credit in his ability to carry people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think he could make any match really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the weak side there is Punk. I don't know if there's anyone I'd want to see. Like, I don't want to see these people face Punk. I want to see a lot of these people. Like, mm-hmm. And I feel like putting them with Punk kind of wastes them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think... Um, like if you're gonna have, uh, I'd love to see Moxley, Moxley versus Okada. I'd love to see Moxley versus Naito. I think that'd be great. I think yeah. seeing Punk with these guys, I don't know. It's gonna be kind of rough. Yeah, I think it'd be saying. funny to see Suzuki with Punk. Yeah. Because I don't think I don't. I think that they probably talked about that, and I'm I'm I would put money in there's a reason we haven't seen that already and that might be punk because i don't think suzuki would work with someone who can't be at his level i think it's cause... true also like it or not punk has a very very wwe style yes the only thing he's added is he cuts himself but it's all so very he's wwe very, he's got a very wwe style mix of the depressed teenager style got yes it. Cool. What uh, is there anybody in NJPW who works like a, a solid WWE style? Because I feel like when I watch it, I don't feel like any of them are that style. No, I don't think so. And I'm trying to think of anybody who left WWE recently that popped back up in NJPW, and no one really comes up in my mind. That because not Kenta, because Kenta, you know. Yeah. No. Um. Splinter Fox does say Punk vs. Kenta is, is it. He goes, maybe Osprey. And I agree with Splinter Fox saying that, just in the idea that I understand that Kenta and Punk have that connection and they have gone back and forth online in the past and all that. So I get that idea, but I couldn't be less interested in Punk vs. Kenta. Ocean like, Spray and The story's Punk. there, but I don't care about that story. Ocean Spray and Punk, this is why that's a bad idea. You've got two assholes. <laughs> this is not personal opinion. This is this yeah. is the hashtag facts that you have ocean spray who, who no sells the shit out of things, and I know punk would that would irritate the fuck out of them. 
So it's a Nego thing and it's not going to look good. It's just going to look tacky. But if there's anybody that should wrestle ocean spray that is from AEW, you know, the only person that comes to my mind is you need someone who is kind of flippy dippy. So, I mean, yeah. either you throw a Dante Martin in there, um, but or Lee Moriarty could be pretty cool with an Osprey. No, Mm-mm. you don't think he's not no. as flippy, but he's he could twist him up and no. Osprey's no. trying not to flip as much, so you could really push but his he limit. Tries to. He, I mean, he's sitting there like with his modified lethal injection, the mm-hmm. Oz better, like whatever. He'll just whatever. Just something original. Um, no, I just don't think that there really is anything. Yeah. You know? Of course, mm. the part of me is like, I want someone to beat the shit out of him, but you know. Yeah. But other than that. All right. You know. Well, but, yeah. let's move. Let's move on a little bit. I will say that segment though that came out was right after the um, the Blackpool Combat Club match. It was right yeah. after that. <laughs> um. Let's rewind a little bit because I feel like that was good talking about all that. Let's go a little bit back towards Rampage because there was other hot topics online that I wanted to get your opinions on. Uh, there was only two things on Rampage I was going to bring up. You tell me if there's any more you had, uh, and I'll run through the one because it was just kind of a small thing. Ruby Soho versus Robin Renegade. The Renegade twins have been on uh, uh, Mission Pro Wrestling a lot, and I think <laughs> they're the Mission Pro Wrestling tag champions right now, if I remember right. If not, think- they were recently. Uh so I believe it was Robin's debut match for AEW, if I'm not mistaken. In this match, they did the twin magic spot that they got of, uh, uh, like, that the Bella twins would do. Where Ruby throws one into the, the turnbuckle. She's all beat up. Referee turns his back. Uh, and the the ones, the other twin slips out from under the ring and switch spots, right? It was weird to me to have the twins lose after that. Because... Historically, with all that kind of twin stuff you do in wrestling, it's because they're cheating, and cheaters win, and that's why you boo them. These people cheated and were bad at it and both lost to Ruby, which made them both look kind of like jobbers, which, at the end of the day, they're not signed with AEW, so they don't have to look like winners. But I thought that was a weird way to do that. Am I off on that one? No, but didn't the Bellas back in the day when they kind of sucked... Didn't they lose a lot too with that twin magic? I'm sure they lost at times. Uh, I'm not very into their matches to begin with, but they definitely won a number of matches with that too. That's how they held on to the title as long as they did. The twin magic yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, they won a lot too. So, uh, Ostrom Fox says that they have been on dark, but they haven't been on TV. So there's that. So, um, all right. I just thought it was a weird spot to do. Like, I, if they were going to lose, I don't think I would have done the twin spot. I think I would have just left that for another time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because now the now the cat's out of the bag, so to speak. Uh, the other thing was the uh, crown of thorns, Adam Cole thing. It happened on Good Friday. Adam Page puts a crown of thorns barbed wire on Adam Cole's head. Does that reverse pile driver thing. I forget what it's called. Through the table. Gets the win. A lot of people were up in arms on it. A lot of people were... Uh, trying to hold AEW accountable for something that they deemed tasteless, uh, potentially uh, um, offensive. They said, I personally was not offended because I am uh, I am an atheist. I don't believe in that, and I think that's totally fine. But, uh, but at the same time, when I first saw it, my thought was, 
not stupid. Not because it's like dangerous or anything, but just because it's kind of lose-lose. Like, I just thought it was stupid because you won't have anybody who's going to say, oh, they put a crown of thorns on a dude on Good Friday. I'm going to start watching that show. I wasn't watching before, but I'll start watching now. But you do run the risk of offending someone enough to stop watching a show. So mm-hmm. it felt like the risk versus reward thing was so dumb that why would you bother? You just, you don't need to do that. Just don't do it because no one's going to say no one's going to celebrate you for doing it. The best case scenario is you have people defend you from people who were offended. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't offended. I don't care, but I go, eh, someone's probably going to be offended by that." And then lo and behold online people were definitely offended by that. I was like, "Why would you bother doing that?" Uh, any thoughts on that? Uh, we'll start with Clump because Amanda's having a bit of a snack. <laughs> I mean, I agree with you. I feel like I could get why people would be upset by it, but I also like it's it's gonna it's if anything, I'll, I'll applaud them in that it's kind of a it's an interesting move to make knowing your audience. Yeah, that's my point. You know, your audience is you know. Uh, wrestling is a rather kind of middle of the road kind of conservative audience. Just the nature of wrestling. Yeah. So ha- having them kind of do that, eh, it's kind of cool, but doesn't really mean a heck of a lot to me. Yeah. I also think that uh, Eric Bischoff had brought up a good point, just saying, because uh, Sean Rossap tweeted out that he was laughing his ass off, thought it was the funniest thing to do that on Good Friday. How amazing. And Eric Bischoff's point was from people who specifically who want to hold others accountable and talk about the uh, inclusivity of stuff and not trying to, you know, the wrestling is for everyone concept. Mm-hmm. You are literally laughing in the face of other people who will now feel excluded. You know what I mean? Like, it's a bit of a double-edged thing there. Is it really that, is it really for everyone? Or is it just the everyone that you want it to be? Are you laughing at that because of this or that? Um, it was just a good point because the, then in Eric Bischoff's thread, you had people defending both sides, which I was like, this is really like splitting people's thoughts mm-hmm. on it. Where, to be honest, Splinter Fox's point is, is A, uh, terrible, but B, also fine. He goes, WWE does dumb shit all the time. Wrestling does dumb shit in every company. Yeah, doesn't matter what WWE does, first off. We're talking about AE, what AEW is doing and, and their fan base holding them accountable. Uh, but secondly, AEW doesn't have the, the goodwill that WWE has. Uh-huh. WWE has a huge history of awful shit. Yeah. But they're 50 years in in a billion-dollar company. Mm. Multiple billions. Like, they can get away with stuff and then say, yeah, maybe that was a bad idea. AEW's still young, and they're still on a network that's going through major changes right now. I'm just saying, why would you rock the boat right now? Yeah, again, I'm I'm not offended by it at all. I was just all like, seems weird to do that right now. You know what I mean? Like, especially because you want to be different then, right? You want to say we're not like WWE. You want to say we don't do offensive shit for no reason. WWE does that stuff. We try to be inclusive. It's just a weird thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. And I think it's a like rather astute point is it's it's a weirdly positioned idea. Like, yeah. to do it now, to do it... You know, I don't... To, to me, another positive to it is it it's kind of bold, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but I think that I mean I just thought it was a weird thing, like you said, because also 
there is a very conservative fan base to wrestling in general, but AEW has a very liberal fan base. Who are you really catering to? And are you trying to cut some people out? Maybe you are. I don't know. But it just seemed like, I don't know. It seemed like a weird move that didn't make sense and felt like it had a lot more risk than it had reward. Yeah. Just weird. Yeah. But again, I wasn't offended by it. I wasn't offended when Mary Young had a baby hand. Don't bother me. Just yeah. is what it is. Uh, and I agree with Spinner Fox that yeah, wrestling does dumb shit sometimes. Yeah. At the same time, if WWE did that, they could lose sponsors. Yeah. For one. They're a publicly traded company. They have to watch themselves from doing shit like that. For two, if WWE does that, they're probably not losing their Fox deal. There's a lot of talk going on right now between Time Warner and Discovery becoming merged. CNN Plus is going away. Uh, they already announced they're going to be doing, was it $3 billion worth of cuts within the first 30 days, and we're not sure where it's coming from yet. You'd think you'd just be kind of like minding your P's and Q's and being like, look it, we get steady ratings. Things are good. We're not even offensive. Like, oh, we don't even, yeah. we don't rock the boat. You know what I mean? Like, I think you'd be fucking minding, minding your, your stuff. So I was just like, weird. Are you trying to like... Weird time to push the envelope. When WWE did it with USA, it was giving USA the biggest ratings they had ever seen. WWE 100%. put US Yeah. And WWE put USA on the map. They were just some shitty cable company. And then Raw came out and did all this offensive shit, and everyone said, look at this. And USA was kind of like, all right, let's get LaFemme Nikita in here. Like, they changed the face of the channel. I don't mm-hmm. think AEW's in giving ratings to TNT or TBS that they've never seen before. 100%. It's... It really isn't. It's If anything, it's just kind of edgy kids, if it makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Just To me, it wasn't a conversation about being offended. It was a conversation of awkward timing for that. Uh, Spinner Fox did say that movie's called The Dead Eye he said um, the movie's called The Dead Eye Dead Eye is a headshot like a bullseye head to the maybe it was a bullseye on the head okay that's cool Uh, he goes I mean you make anything up for that something like that yeah yeah he does say uh, I bet people was trying to cancel Janela for his comments on the video where they were singing on a good Friday on an airplane in the air that was also a tweet by somebody who's not signed to a company. He's not a billionaire trying to stay on a network that's going through a massive merger. I don't. It's just, it's, they're not the same. But yeah, nice again, try. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he does say that he thinks the twins are going to sign to the WWE because uh, he thinks that he, in his words, "Bitch ass Tony don't know women's wrestling." <laughs> This yeah. Tony doesn't know a lot of things. Yeah, and he goes, uh, and then Mr. Fox does say, I mean, I'm already calling the death of AEW by 2025 if it comes early. Uh, then so be it. There just is more resting out there. I'm not worried. Just glad the W is not the only option. 100%, dude. That's what it comes down to. Again, I wasn't trying to like knock AEW and say this is offensive. Don't watch it. I was just, my whole thought is weird to do that right now. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, that's so all I have. My- to- Go ahead, yeah. Amanda. My thing is, is that the AEW fan base is looking for any little thing to bicker and yes. argue with each other about. So I'm not offended by it. I'm like, I have whatever, you know. Yeah. 
I'm more offended by other things mm -hmm. that, you know, I, you know, that happen. But again, you know, it's, I don't know, was it in good taste? Oh, uh, maybe not. Because if you're trying to, you know, get a big deal for this company you bought, that's not good. Yeah. Especially with it's publicly known that you're booking these things. So obviously at the end of the day, who, who's, who, who approved this? The man approved it. So mm -hmm. I think that's a little kind of funky, but oh yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm not offended. I'm just, I'm like, really? Something else for you guys to bicker about? There's so many other things in the world. <laughs> not that. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah, uh -huh. I didn't even care for the match, but that and like I said, when I saw that and everyone's freaking out, I was like, it's a weird thing that that's what you want the takeaway to be from your show this week. Like, I was, yeah. and there's other right. things in wrestling too that I think are more, you know, I think newsworthy. Yeah, you know, I mean, I know we're, you know, this week we and we'll talk about it later. I know, but you know, the whole thing with MSK. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, just things like that. There's like lots of topics. Like, for example, the Mickey James, um, the Instagram thing. I don't know if you saw, you guys saw that. No, well, let's dig into that a little bit. I'm done with this topic. If you guys are, we can go yeah, into the, totally, the next yeah. one. Totally. Well, um, apparently, and it was at some kind of a, I don't know, like one of those like Russell Con, like, you know, it was a convention. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. That guy's name is Leonard. I've met him. Leonard, yeah, I've met him too. Nice yeah. guy. Well, he was nice to me. Yeah, you know, and Nikki, it was her idea. You know. Yeah. So. So let me paint the picture a little bit. So what happened was, uh, there's a picture that, that that this guy Leonard. He's a super fan. He's at the front row for most WWE events. He's always wearing a Natty shirt. He's got a Nat Italian Nightheart one, the old school one with that cool cartoony heart with the wings and. Um, Every time he sees her, they take selfies together. He'll post them and stuff. He's a huge, huge women's wrestling fan and has been for a really long time. He ends up posting this picture where he's in like a t-shirt, tuxedo t-shirt. And Mickey James is in this like really nice dress and they're doing the prom pose. Someone takes that picture off the guy's thing and then posts it and say, I hate pictures like these. Then the whole thing becomes this thing where everyone's attacking him saying... Uh, you know, you shouldn't be telling, asking him to do this. Like, this is, look at how uncomfortable she looks. You can tell that she hates this. And in, in, as, as in a little bit of defense, I don't like those pictures either. But I don't know what's going on in everybody's head. Yeah. Mickey James then posts the picture and said, I wanted to set the record straight. This wasn't his idea. This was mine. She then said that it was a fundraiser and they were auctioning off that very dress that she was wearing. And he won that auction. And she thought it would be cool to do a picture like that because he won that pick, that dress in an auction. Yeah. And that it was going towards charity. The only thing I would say that I didn't really love that she did was she said exactly how much he spent on stuff. He donated this. He's donated this much. He donated that much. And I was like, don't put a dollar amount out. Just say it's significant. Yeah. <laughs> but that's nitpicking for sure. Point. Yeah, but she was trying to make a point. He's yeah. donated a ton of money to my causes and I already know him and have known him for a long time and said he didn't ask and he never would. I asked him. And so she came to his defense. So, Amanda, that's the, the thing. Although, Spinfox does say 
Oh, he says he's going to make R.I.P. All Elite shirts to sell on Etsy. That's funny. He goes, uh, we all know IWC will say dumb shit about anything wrestling, dogs, food, etc. That's funny. So, Amanda, that was the setup of the scene. Uh, but I thought it was really cool she came to his defense and mm-hmm. so clearly. Uh, what were you going to say about it? Yeah. You know, one of the things that I got to get, I, I love Nikki James. Don't care for her husband, but mm. I love Nikki James. Yeah. And, you know, um, a lot of these wrestlers, when there's people like Leonard, people like, well, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to use Izzy as an example. That's a horrible example. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say myself. Um, the Janella cosplayer, uh, John. A lot of people, when you know, you know these people, and they know that you know you're a huge fan. And if you're you know you're supporting causes that they support, or you're, you know, I don't want to say sticking up, but you know you're that big of a fan. You know, a lot of times, yeah, there's some crazy things that happen. You know, and I know people, mm-hmm. those kind of photos, if you ask for it or you just take it upon yourself to do it and you really don't know that person, that's kind of funky. That's where I kind yes. of draw the line, right? Now, people can say to me um, on my Twitter header, there's a picture of Colt Cabana and Marty Scroll fighting over me. That was not my idea. That was theirs because we were just like, you know, whatever. Yeah. I don't know what the heck had happened. But anyways, yeah. People are like, oh that that's like offensive because, you know, and I'm like, that was their idea. And if you guys saw them when they started to both arm bar me, each one had an arm. Yeah. And yeah, that was I'm like, oh my God. And like you guys are taking this way too far. Yeah. But you know, if it's someone's idea, then, you know, more power to them or you or whatever. Right, because I've seen some really fun pictures that people have taken with people, and mm. they're great. And I've seen some that you're like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Like the the one that comes to mind is that guy with Becky Lynch, mm-hmm. and that prom that prom photo. That one's yeah, like, yeah. oh no, no, that no, no, bad. no. I've seen and- ones with a bliss, and you know, and I think that when the wrestler actually has to go and justify, yes, that's saying a lot for this community like you know and it's kind of disappointing to see that so but mickey james i love i love her and she does so much and i know leonard does he's a huge woman's wrestling fan i mean i've seen him at like wrestlecon and things like that and you know and a lot of the ladies who've been around for years they all know him so you know i mean and it's not one of these things of oh well you know um do they have your phone number? Do you have their phone number? But no, it's not even like that. It's like, you know, you're around when you're around a lot. People know they've seen you and acknowledge you. It happens, you yeah. know, and, you know, and it's just stupid. I think that people totally took it the wrong way. And I think it was very hurtful. It seemed like yeah, the way it really bothered it, him. It bothered him. And I'm like, no, dude, like, I think it was awesome. And then, you know, Hell, I mean, I get it. She, that weekend, because it was WrestleCon weekend, wasn't it? I believe that's right, yeah. Yeah. You know how much these people, like, run around? I mean, yeah. hell. Um, one of the WrestleCons that comes to mind was Orlando, where, like, Brian Cage and Sammy Callahan wrestled, like, 14, 15 times that weekend. Yeah. All over Orlando. Yeah. It's like, you know, if they take a picture with someone and they look exhausted, you know, 
You have to run around geese because that's not an easy thing to do. Actually, so. yeah, just in time in the chat. I don't remember if I said cheers to him earlier, but I meant to cheers just in time. Cheers. Yeah, uh, he said uh, she also said she was uncomfortable taking the picture that way, yet suggested it. And what you may have misinterpreted there, she said she was physically uncomfortable in that she had wrestled like earlier that day. She was in yeah. physical pain. Her feet were uncomfortable. She was tired, exhausted. She was just uncomfortable in her own body at that moment and just wanted to lay down. Yeah. But suggested doing that photo because she thought it'd be cool for him because she was comfortable in doing the photo. It wasn't that she was uncomfortable doing the photo and still did it. She was physically in achy. She was achy and tired. And like you said, they run around like crazy. Uh, and she also said that, you know, she uses the term grown-ass woman a lot. And she used it there and said, I have no problem telling someone no if they ask me for something I don't want to do. And, you know, don't think that you're defending me when you say that I did something that I didn't want to do. You're, you know, I can take care of myself kind of a deal, too. So, but yeah, she may mention that. So, yeah, that was that was really cool of her to, to, to stand up for him. Even Natty made a comment on there about how much she liked him. Uh, Spinner Fox does say... He blames Sean Rossap for toxic community. It's funny. He says, I got a crazy question. I really wonder. And Amanda, you may have more insight to this than us. I feel like I've had a couple conversations that make me think this isn't true. But he says, I mean, I really wonder these diehard fans that support wrestlers. Do the wrestlers really appreciate their diehard fans? Or do they talk shit behind their back to their friends, calling them marks and etc.? Just something to think about. Um, and then he said Kenta just posted something about punk. So he's calling Kenta versus punk. Yeah, I think it makes the most sense. I just don't, don't care. Um... From what I've seen, my experience is, is, for the most part, the fans that are respectful and die hard and for a long time, they super enjoy that they have those fans that are that long term that they can always count on because, especially the ones who've been doing it a long time, know that fans come and go. So when you have ones that are that dedicated that often, it's a rare thing that you want to hold on to. Like, um, I have seen, I have seen a wrestler make fun of a fan but it wasn't like that wrestler's biggest fan. It was kind of a weirdo who shows up at a lot of conventions and does crazy stuff. And he was kind of goofing off on that guy who was doing crazy stuff again. And it was, it felt more lighthearted than it may sound like I'm saying. But, uh, apart from that, I haven't, I haven't come across anything that led me to believe that wrestlers see a fan turn away after giving them money and goes, fuck that guy. You know what I mean? I haven't seen, I've seen it before. Yeah. But those people are assholes. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not gonna name names, but like, if you want to know, I mean, I'm not gonna say it publicly. It's like they're assholes, you know. I mean, just because somebody's good at a profession and that draws attention doesn't mean they're a great person. It happens in yeah. comic cons. It happens everywhere, and it sucks, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because you know, and then Marsh can attest to it because you saw when he was Marty. That was what like, I felt so bad. I was like, oh my god, Marsh is the one who. Um, thing for him to sign the term buckle. I just wanted to say hi because he was locked in a room. <laughs> but yeah. I was like, oh. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things where they do appreciate it. If I had a situation where someone didn't appreciate it, yeah, I have. And it kind of sucks. I'm not going to lie. Um, but for the most part, like my two total favorites you know, it's like, it's ride or die. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it's, it's more than appreciated. Some mm -hmm. people think fans think it's creepier than I think than some of the wrestlers do, but I'm like, you're just jealous because 
no one gives two shits about you or, you know, whatever. Or if you, even if you are a really big fan, you know, you probably are either being creepy with them or going about it the wrong way, or you don't have the means to do it. Not to say that I have the means to always do stuff, because trust me, if I had the means, I would have gone to Orlando this weekend, last weekend, and saw Flip and Marty wrestle. Yeah. My heart still breaks for that one. But, you know, again, I mean, it's one of those things. But I think that um, I, I usually myself, I stay away with from those people that I think are, you know, toxic wrestlers or they're assholes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because some some of them, it's like, you know, they're like, I'll just take your money. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. And there's a lot who are actually genuinely good people. And I always tell people, it's always best to champion those and find, you know, find out early if like one of your favorites is an ass or not. Because why invest and spend all this money on somebody, you know, and try to support them when at the end of the day, they can care fucking less. Yeah. So that's my opinion on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they're more good people than assholes. Yeah. But. Uh, says, says, uh, he says, like Matt Cardona, I see his videos and I really wonder uh, sometimes what he thinks about his fans. I think oh, Cardona. He loves, he loves yeah. his fans, dude. Yeah. Like, I mean, you might not see it, but with Cardona, like, I think with him, and I've never met Cardona yet. He's on my bucket list of people to meet. But from people that I know who've been fans of Cardona, oh, he loves it. You know, and he not even just that. If you're not a fan of Cardona, but you love the damn figures, he'll sit there and he'll talk your ear off all day, all night. I met him real briefly as I was leaving GCW. He was loading up in his car and I was kind of stuck and it was like right there. So I just kind of lowered my window and talked to him for like a quick second. And he seemed he seemed really cool about it. And he was kind of smiling and, you know, all that stuff. Him, Chelsea and Brian, they were all like, you know, I was saying something like you guys we're awesome tonight and I drove out to see you guys and they were like oh thank you so much it means a lot it was great like they didn't come off because I've seen other I've seen some of them be dismissive okay cool thanks man and they were they were really happy to turn and give me a, a couple of seconds you know so. oh you want to know who's a very dismissive person mm-hmm. I'll say it because I don't give a fuck Dr. Britt Baker DMD mm-hmm. well, she's got a plan she's thinking about her dental practice and stuff she's thinking about that root canal she's got to work tomorrow and she's like god damn it i gotta do this after this the real money's in the the office oh yeah. he's like he's on that so far i mean yeah the dentistry thing is really probably only for when she can't do this shit anymore yeah, yeah. but yeah uh, you know. that's about ethan page i haven't heard anybody ethan page oh fucking julian oh my god sorry right there he is amazing. He is like, oh my God, I, I've known him like for the longest time. And it's funny because, okay, I've seen him a lot. Okay. And nine times out of 10, the shows I've seen him at, Colt's always there. So a lot of people know me because of Colt. And one of the times I saw him and he was like, well, it's interesting seeing you here, Amanda. And I go, really? Why? And he goes, Colt's not here. I go, mm-hmm. I wanted to see, check out JCW, who was in LA. And I said, and when I saw you were on the card, I'm like, oh my God, that's like fucking awesome because he's never at the time, he was never coming to the West Coast. Like he had stopped being booked at PWG. And I, that was before, that was in Reseda and I, it was hard to get tickets then. So mm-hmm. he's, he's great. 
he's really, really great. He's really genuine. I know uh, Ruby Soho. Um, she's really great. Um, on the flip side, you look at people like Kimberly. She's an asshole. I've always known that. So it's like you know, you can kind of, you can kind of tell like who yeah. is. A lot of people sometimes think Janelle is an asshole. Janelle will just tell you how it is. It's not that he's an asshole. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a dick to him, he'll be a dick to you. But that's just because that's how he is. Yeah, Maybe. I usually base it on how people interact with my drawings online. <laughs> that's how I determine if they're. Damn. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think some people that I know snubbed you. Didn't oh yeah. They? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been snubbed a couple times by some real pieces of work. Yeah, uh, there are people that I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, yeah, I can't. Well, yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about dynamite. I mean, we already did a lot. I feel like um, CM Punk and Dustin Rhodes, though. The mat. The match was dead. Like it was really slow. Uh, Dustin did really good. Punk. It was a really slow match, and that's why I'm like, I don't see a. He seemed winded. He seemed off. There's points where, um, I was watching it with uh, I was wa- I was watching it. It was like, everyone seems to have to step off. Like the, uh, Punk and this was is the thing early. Lot. Yeah. He kept falling before he was getting anywhere near being touched. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, and then he was just whiffing Dustin, and Dustin would have to sell it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, and because also I think AEW fucked themselves here. I I don't know if it's in trying to do something exciting or different, but the crowd was dead, and I think it's because there's two faces. And I think because it's two faces and you can't build it, you can't, and they didn't have any run-ins, and you, which they do, and, and because... You can't have, you know, heat against somebody, you know, like an MGF or someone. As you're watching this, you're now having to watch the wrestling, and you really got to put on a show to make it worthwhile, and um, it didn't work. Um, and I was upset, too, because as I was watching it, I was like, the weaker person here really is punk. Yeah. I wanted, like, I'm like, Dustin's not going to win. We know he's not going to win, which sucks because you really don't need to feed him to someone. Mm-hmm. But boy, if he won it, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. But no. It... Yeah. Now, Spring Fox does say the match was a carbon copy of Brett versus Goldust match in the early 2000s. And I did see there was a clip going around of like how many spots that Punk was using in there. Which also kind of brings up, at what point... Is CM Punk just a shitty cover band of Bret Hart? And I think what it really boils down to is CM Punk's ego trying to force the comparison between Bret versus Punk of who's better. And I think what he's really exposing is that he is not on the level of Bret Hart anywhere Mm -hmm. near it. The big difference that you see between – because here's the thing. People go, oh, look at all the tributes that, that CM Punk paid to Bret Hart. He's paying homage. No, he's not. He's trying to copy. He's trying to emulate, and there's a difference. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's a. It's a lack of ability to understand what was happening. Because what he's doing is, let's do that spot, that sequence. Let's do what happened. Because that when that happened, it was cool, and I want to do that now because it'd be cool. The difference, real quick, and then I'll go to your club. The difference with oh. FTR and Dax, they 
duplicate the execution of the moves but in a different way than it was done before they take the maneuver themselves and show influence and inspiration Mm -hmm. they don't try to carbon copy anything because that is truly a bigger tribute than look at i can do what you did and i do it way worse clump i was gonna say like there's a difference to being a carbon copy and like paying homage um when jericho is doing a series of uh, ricky steamboat he he's talked about he wanted to do a, do a moment that was like a steamboat and savage call mm-hmm. bring that up because that was a great match and that's a great moment and a really cool thing to do and it worked well in the match and it pays homage to a fantastic match if you're carbon copying it yeah it's, mm-hmm. it's rough and you, those are big shoes to fill in punk you're just showing you can't fill them mm-hmm. um you're built so much off of hype. Also, I was watching. I was watching this with a uh, with a friend who's, you know, kind of watching wrestling with me, and they're new to it. And she's watching, and she's like, well, "Like immediately, I, I loved." She goes, "Why is he coming out to cult of personality?" And I had to explain the whole like, "Well, this is the thing with him." And she's like, "Ah, why is he so bad then? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why why is why is he so bad if he's?" If this is all the hype and this and that, like, you know, you you, you want to do it. And she's like, man, that guy's really caring. I'm like, this is, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's like watching like a, you, you go out there and you're, you're, it was like watching a Make-A-Wish kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, sense. and I'm not like, it, it just, it, it, it really made, Dustin's a fucking sport. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too nice of a guy, you know. He's he's too nice for this world, and he. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just yeah. thought it was weird and awkward and a bad match. And then, yeah, at the end too, producer was watching it and the thing. She goes, "Why isn't the crowd like into this?" And I was because like, well, they, they had to when watch they an out. actual match. Yeah, I was like, you know what it felt like? I was like, I felt that same feeling when I saw Bob Dylan perform. Where I was all like. <laughs> Yeah, well, you gotta see him once when you can, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, we're gonna do a twenty-minute song about the about JFK. Mm-hmm. Can you do Tambourine Man? Well, that's just it. His voice is so shot from what he did, you can't even understand the words he says anymore. Yeah. Although when he played harmonica, it was fucking amazing. But everything outside of the harmonica solos was just kind of like I don't know what he's doing, and you're trying to like, figure out words as you might. It was it was okay. rough. We can't all be Willie Nelson now. Yeah. Hide the, hide That's what I mean. And I think that Punk is exposing himself as somebody who is not who he used to be and not who he thinks he is. And mm-hmm. it's becoming more and more evident as he tries to be a cover band. And people are trying to, like, in that one documentary uh, about the Tommy Gee tape, they asked John Waltman, how good is Bret Hart? And he goes, oh, he's as good as he says he is. And you go, oh, shit. Like, he didn't even hesitate. He's as good as that, he says he is. You yeah. Hmm? I refuse to watch that. You don't have to watch it. No, I'm not going to ever. No, no one told you to watch it. I just told you what they oh, said. No, 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 no. I'm just saying my mortal enemies and that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in there, they ask him, you know, how good is Bret Hart? He goes, as good as he says he is. No one's ever said that about CM Punk. How good is he? Oh, as good yeah. as he thinks he is. No, no one's ever said that. They go, oh, everyone's super focused on. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> super focused on the idea of, like, the story behind Punk. And now it's like, okay, well, that's awesome. You're back in it. Like... And, you know, 
everything he, he's a imagine if Tom McGee didn't get fired <laughs> Tom Kirk Tom McGee inexplicably had a career where he had matches against all these great workers and then he got pissed and left wrestling that's all punk is mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's like you know you're you're a good talker i'll give you that i would give you that i think you'd be a fantastic manager yeah like i th- i think i think that'd be a great role for him to pick a pick That's another true. person to attach him to and, and go that way but i don't see i don't see it and i think he's just really killed his legacy by coming back in i think what he should have done is come in and be sting yeah like attach himself to someone make them like build them up you know talk about what they what they do what they mean to him and that'd be amazing he comes in here every now and again gets you know gets a few moves in kicks some ass you know but no instead it's you're you're watching uh you're watching what could have what, what you what you've waited 10 years for and what could have been and you're like huh yeah was i wrong yeah yeah it's it's Go ahead. I will just say this. Said it before. Public knowledge, because other people have said it before me, was his ex best friend. Those two came up. One of the two of them was the better wrestler, and it was not Phil. Mm -hmm. Nope. Because when you, like, okay, I'm going to use Cabana. I know everyone's like, oh, fucking Cabana. Why are you? Never gonna die on that hill. It's my favorite. Yeah. Um, he does in his comedy wrestling, which I know you don't like comedy wrestling, but you can see his influence from like Johnny Saint and Cat Weasel and all the mm-hmm. British people. And you know, it's not I'm car- I'm carbon copying it. No, he's taking it into his own, just like how FTR is, and that's yeah. why. I think I really like FTR is because they're making it something that's their own and a little bit unique. Now, if you're doing carbon copy, I'll use Jay Liesel. That's a pretty damn good carbon copy because when you get the steel approval from, you know, Macho Man's brother, mm-hmm. you know, you're doing something. You're doing something good. But like, I don't. Sometimes I wonder how Brett feels about with CM Punk mm-hmm. because you know I, I'm just curious, but. I mean, honestly, with Punk, I mean, if anyone really, if you're really looking at it, it's all money. I mean, I would personally rather see him on commentary because I thought he was good on commentary yeah. mm-hmm. when he was injured before all of the pipe bomb and all of that. And, you know, I think that that's a better place for him. I think he's definitely oh. a good personality to have around for a lot of reasons. Yeah, but I don't think this is it. No. And if I were a wrestler in the back and asking him his opinion on a match, that's a waste of time. It's, you know, it's, he, he's been out of it for a while. And, yeah. you know, styles change. He hasn't changed with the times. It's still that yeah, old WWE capsule of remember back when, you know, here's my greatest hits. And I think that there's nothing to contribute. Whereas if you had someone like a, um, even like a Jericho, okay. He's been there, seen it all. Sometimes he adapts to certain things, but he's seen it all. So, I mean, that would be a better resource, but yeah. Not, and I'm not saying because I don't like the guy. I'm just like, it's not that great. And you can see 
He's not that great. But on the mic, that's his thing. No one can touch him. And you nailed it. Like, I've... I think again, it's like if he were on commentary, if he were a mic, if or he, if he was a man with a mic, so possible. Because yeah, him on commentary when he's there is fantastic. It's it's watching, you know, it's it's Bob Dylan and Com- it's everything we've nailed down, and it's just frustrating. And okay. it's frustrating because like for the Colt thing is you threw to me, I, you threw guy and you 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 land with this, you threw guy into the bus by bringing in a person for money. And we've barely seen Colt since then. And he does work in the ring. He does. He has a good fan connection. He's funny. But we threw it to bring in this quick money thing. But now, because of how much he's, we're paying him, we gotta keep keep using him. You know, we we have to keep using him. And he really does. You know, it, it's a diminishing return thing. And I think yeah. that's why we saw him on Ring of Honor. And I think, in a way, because you kind of nailed this one too, is he was wrestling late Christian, and I finally got to see the match. There was no, there was not a lot of comedy in there. There's almost nothing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's a serious Colt Cabana. And I think he, the reason why he wrestled that way is to say, you know what, I still got this. You know, I'm like mid forties. <laughs> Guy's getting old, um, but you know, but he still has it. And I think that it's been a waste. I mean, coming out and just going ah, with you know a faction that you know you mm-hmm. kind of were brought into it, and it didn't get to play out because of you know with Brody Lee. I mean, it's hard, but yeah. you got this money grubbing you know person coming in, and a lot of times. Because I think the Battle of the Belts, or one of these ones, that Battle of the Belts was live last weekend. Yeah. And I think they taped uh, Dark and Dynamite then, I believe. I know Dark definitely, but he was nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. And it was very interesting because I'm like, do you not go to some of these things because you're like, I, I can't do more than like one, two days? without like you know not wanting to cause the scene i mean i don't know but that's yeah. a topic i'd like to bring up and ask but i'm sure if i did ask i'd be given a fairly honest answer but i don't that yeah. i can just fall in the face i don't need to yeah. ask yeah yeah uh let's see uh i don't have anything else on punk and no. page okay. yeah um but yeah, I don't have any interest in seeing him as champion, but probably going that way. Uh, let's see. Sherlock does say in terms of like the Owen Hart tournament, he says FTR is facing themselves in the yeah. tournament. What's up um, with that? He says that he thought he thinks it's going to be good, but wish it would happen later in the tournament. I feel like that's the whole first round. They're doing yeah. Tony, Jamie Hayter immediately. They're doing these guys immediately. Like, I feel like these are all matches you would want to have down the bracket because you'd be like, oh, there's no way they would ever do that, right? And then you build to it and you get there and you go, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we're too far in now. You have to. Like, he's just... I have a feeling the Owen Hart tournament is going to fizzle out towards the end. 
It's yeah. going to not like, all the dream match ups. He's going to do the first round or two, and then by the end, it's going to be like I guess it's these two people at the end. Like it's going to be the same old, same old people that always win. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But I mean, I don't know. That you know, it's it's neither mm. here nor there. But yeah. it's disappointing to see. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that match. Looking forward to Jamie Hader and yes. that's going to be I think probably one of the best women's matches they've had. Yeah, I'm waiting for Thunder Rosa. I'm waiting for that. Yeah, big time, big time. And also, surprisingly, Marina Shafir and Jade Cargill. Hmm. Yeah, we got that right away too, right? Yeah, and I know some people don't like Marina Shafir, but I think she's pretty badass. She was awesome in Bloodsport. Um, Yeah. Clump, any thoughts on that or? Not really. I mean, I'm still stuck on being annoyed by punk. I know, man. So annoyed by him. Uh, let's see. Here's a nice little topic, and then uh, we'll hit this topic because it kind of like circles around a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, and then if there's anything else you want to bring up, we can. Otherwise, we could talk a little bit about NXT. But Spin Fox does say uh, to him, the titles in AEW don't mean anything at the moment. He goes, all the titles don't mean shit at the moment. He goes, Thunder Rosa's title ran is simmered down, which sucks. He goes, they get given the TNT title back to Sammy again is bullshit. The only reason I see why he got it again is because so he could have more title reigns than Stardust, which is possible. Uh, I only hope Sky wins it back in that ladder match. The tag titles have not been that great. Give FTR the titles would be the t- would give uh, make the tag titles mean something. Jungle Express got the titles way too late, and the TBS titles becoming a popularity contest of bullshit. Why the fuck is Velvet Red in the baddie stable now? It's so dumb. Uh, yeah. And then uh, uh, I guess she can't beat Jade, so she had to join her. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I, as I was watching Dynamite this week, every time a champion came out, I was always like, oh, shit, that's right. And what I kept waiting for yep. was Thunder Rosa. And am I not mistaken, but she's not in a program now. She finished the Nyla Rose story, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, they're they're pushing it, Phil. Really? They're pushing it. Yeah, there was a promo for it. They're they're pushing it still, so I think we're going to see more. Which, I mean, to me, it was more like it. It was just weird not seeing. I, I had I agree with you guys. There's like, uh, I didn't see the women's title. I saw the TBS title. I we didn't really see much in the way of champions other than a really brief Hangman. Hangman and Jungle Boy had the one match. Um... Yeah. And even then, he walked out with the titles, handed it to his partner, and walked away without him. Like it's, it was just, yeah. Oh, and uh, Jungle Boy got his bell rung. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching. And I was like, "Ooh, shit!" That like, um, there was a kick. I was like, "That." It was a uh, hung up in the ropes, like where you're hanging down vertically. Mm. Drop kick, and it hit him. I'm like, he got his bell rung. He did hard. Mm-hmm. I thought that, and I'm like, "Ooh." Yeah, like uh, I, I'm kind of convinced that was why you know maybe Christian came out because it, it did seem weird after that. I'm like, yeah, he got hit hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he does all the work for that tag team, so yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what irritates me. Now going back to Phil and Hangman, was that really necessary? I mean, do, do we need that? Did we need that? No. no. The stare down, like I mean, we know it's coming at this point. It's kind of like, when are we gonna do this and just do it? Like, and are they gonna? Is, 
I'm going to get handed the belt, which I think is a big mistake. It would be pretty... I think it would be... As much as I think that it would make sense for him to put it on Punk, because if you thought it made sense for him to put it on Jericho because he was a household name, Punk is the is twice the fame that Jericho is. Uh, but I do think it'd I do think it'd be a huge misstep. It would be admitting that Adam Page is not a good champion. Yeah. You know. And that's why, because I think he is. It just took them too long to get there. And they don't that's... know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's... Like, why does he keep having matches with Adam Cole if he keeps beating Adam Cole? Like, it's stupid. Makes no sense. And even, I'm really bothered by the undisputed elite. How predictable was that? Yeah. The elite that's... thing. The undisputed elite as a name is stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you feeling... can tell the young bucks are kind of annoyed. Yeah by it so i'm i'm pretty sure that that's they'll go their separate ways mm. so i'm pretty sure about that but i'm thinking which will be fine because i'd like the old young bucks kind of back that'd be nice to have um spinner fox doesn't yeah. think they're gonna put the title on punk though i don't know my yeah. guy tells me they're gonna i don't know Given all the different things that Punk said and all the different media scrums, it's always like, if I'm not trying to hold that title, then what am I really doing here? Like, I think that the idea is to give it to Punk to prove it's important and everyone should want it. Especially when you have guys like Mox and Daniel Bryan, who are clearly big deals that aren't going for it. How many of your top stars cannot be vying for the title before it becomes, like, an issue? Yeah. So I think they're going to do it. Yeah. Because, I mean... That TNG title—that's just at this point in time, that's stupid. Doesn't mean anything really. Yeah. The FTW one almost means more than the, the TNT one, and yeah. I'm not saying people don't like Sammy Guevara. It's just kind of like really, that was a very short time to put it on someone who has the biggest potential to be a major star. Yeah. Yeah. I. I yeah, I'm like whoa. And then now you made them babyface, which is strange. Yeah. Not that I have a problem with it, but I was just kind of like, really? Yeah. We built this up for a while, a long time now, and now the whole script is flipped. Yeah. That's all weird. But again, it's Tony's weird crackhead booking, so I don't know. Uh, Spinner Fox does think that uh, CM Punk is the reason why so many people aren't re-signing, that I either cost so much money that they're just letting people's contract expire or that yeah. he's politicking them out and saying, yeah, you don't want to re-sign them, Tony. Which I wouldn't be shocked to hear either thing, to be honest. Well, uh, Unfortunately, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could see both. Yeah. Which is I could see it. But also, too, when you're, if you're someone and all of a sudden you see these dudes, three big marquee people, that have come and that's all that's really on TV and then Adam Cole comes in and that's all you see is him and Red Dragon you're like what the hell you know Yeah. and then when you stop getting calls to even do Dark and Dynamite you know you're done yeah yeah, yeah. Very. that's very unfortunate yeah Kiro's in the chat cheers to Kiro uh, and Grim Reaper says Punk should lose to Paige then heal up a little for the rematch build up Paige more 
I think the thing is, I don't think anyone would buy Paige winning. I think they haven't, as much as he keeps winning as a champion, I don't think people buy him as someone who's going to beat Punk. No. Nope. Nope. I unfortunately agree with that. Like it, but he needs to. If there's yes. somebody who needs to win it, it needs to be Punk, or it needs to be, sorry, Paige. Paige needs yeah. definitive wins. And if he's gonna win it, it's gonna be one of those weird where he squeaks it out wins, and I don't think that serves as a benefit to anyone. No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if Punk loses, it's like, oh, you lost to the guy who can't, who barely beats anyone. Yes. True. Yeah. Also, they don't have enough history here to have these classic matches that they act like they do. You know. That's true. Yeah. That's true too. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Was there anything else on on AEW that you guys wanted to hit on? Um... I was kind of static on the show myself. It was kind of felt like it was what it was. But at the same time, in all defense, this NXT this week, I felt pretty static on, too, for the most part. There was a couple things that I really liked, uh, debuts and stuff, and there were some things that I wasn't feeling great about, but anything else on uh, AEW? No, the only other thing with AEW that I think is, um, I don't want to really call it a, a bright spot, but, you know, seeing Wheeler Yuta actually getting some... Um, some good TV time. Mm-hmm. That was a good move. That was cool. Maybe. It was yeah. funny. So there was a move uh, that I forget what they called it, but it was like kind of like a bridge move where they lay underneath the guy and put him over their legs and pull down on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that CM Punk was trying to do on Dustin and he couldn't do, and it looked really weird and awful. And then Dustin like fell off his legs, and so he did it into a, he rolled him up because he just couldn't figure out how to do the move. And then Yuta, that was like the first thing he did in the match, and it was like fucking perfect, and I just couldn't stop laughing. Because I was like, we just saw that move get failed the match before, and he came out and just nailed it. So funny to me. And then I also want to point out again, too, getting a lot more Rapungi Vice. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, Trent Beretta really shines in Rapungi Vice. Mm-hmm. But then again, I'm a huge Rapungi Vice nerd. So. Mm-hmm. Anytime I get to see that, that that's awesome. I'm just now waiting to see it in person. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, sounds good to me. Any, anything else on Dynamite Club? No. All right. There's uh, there's only a few uh, spots. I mean, we could talk first off with the with the Wesley stuff because you were talking about the MSK stuff. We could definitely get into that. Um, mm-hmm. So Wesley finally showed up, and they asked him what was going through his mind, and he was kind of saying a lot is in my mind and I feel like I'm missing a part of me and he wasn't wearing an MSK shirt. He was wearing that shirt they wear when they first get signed where it said, you know, property of NXT. Um, and he looked really, I am bummed out and sad and it came off like a really real moment. And he ended up, uh, with a little back and forth with Zion Quinn. He ends up in a match with Zion Quinn. The match wasn't a bad match. I don't think I needed to see Wesley lose though. But at the yeah. same time, there is a story to be told there where he is trying to find himself and he could be struggling and this could be a bit of a rebranding. So the story could be that he's losing till he finds himself and all that, right? So I get that we can get there, but I don't know, man. It feels a little fresh to me too. Like, I like seeing him on TV. I like seeing him try something, but I don't know. What do you think about it, Amanda? Well, my heart hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, of the two of them, um, I know Wesley a lot, a lot better mm-hmm. than, um, 
than I do with Nash Carter. And I kind of was kind of shocked in a way because I would have thought that he probably would have said, you know, I don't know, you know, maybe I should, you know, should go. But it's nice to see that he's staying around, mm-hmm. which, you know, is great. As singles, I don't know. I mean, that's going to, the jury's going to be out with that one. Yeah. Um, but if they are doing that one, the story of, okay, he's trying to find himself. I think that's a really good way to, to start doing it. Yeah. But there's also many avenues right now with 2.0 that can really fuck it up. So yeah. right now, knock on wood, it, it's, it's good. Um, but definitely I'm glad that they kind of address the elephant in the room, so to speak. Um, cause I think it needed to be. And the way they did it was very tasteful, which yeah, it could have gone another way. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I still in my heart think that as much as I think he's just such a good tag team wrestler, Splinter Fox says he thinks uh, Trey Miguel's going to eventually show up. Um, mm, I don't I th- know. I would still put him with Ricochet and just see how you can make it work as a tag. Like, I feel like that Wesley brings a ton of charisma, and I bet you they would bounce off each other really well. I would just feel like that to me. That's where I would try and take it. I don't know, Clump. Do you have any thoughts on it? I think that yeah, I could, I could think that could be a good idea. I think some. I think yeah, I line with that. Like putting him with Ricochet would be good. He's a fantastic tagging wrestler. I don't see, unfortunately, a lot with him outside of it. I, I can't. Because, I mean, maybe this is a thing of him just trying to find someone. That that could be cool, but I just don't see him at that level right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. Well, he did, if you go on to um, High Spots Network, um, the match he did with Swerve, uh, when Swerve debuted at PWG, was only there once. Incredible. But again, you're dealing with two people who have a lot of great swag and charisma, and it worked very, very well. I, but they've I, had a couple of matches against each other, and they've always been very good. So, but again, that's what he's built himself up was being in a tag team. Now, Trey Miguel, I love Trey Miguel. Don't get me wrong. I think Trey Miguel is better either doing trios or a singles wrestler. As, you know, as a tag team, it, it, you know, it really doesn't do him service at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what they do. Um, but like you said, more than anything, I was happy to see him back on TV, that they're not just like forgetting about him altogether. I saw some criticism about giving him the short and stick by having him take a loss, but I think that, I think it's a story to be told. Have him take a couple losses before he starts picking up traction again like from a character standpoint we've never seen him without nash carter so this is going to be a major adjustment it would be weird if he just showed up completely different and started getting wins immediately it's like what this didn't phase him you know what i mean like yeah so and at the same time when i say like i don't need to see him lose it's also because i like the guy and care about him that it's like tugging at the heartstrings which is also part of the world of entertainment right like 
yeah, I don't want to see my favorites lose. That's just the nature of it. It's not necessarily a bad thing either when it does happen. You go, oh, I don't like that. You know what I mean? But you like it anyways, you know? Yeah. Uh, it does sound like Grizzled Young Veterans are done. They had a match here, and afterwards uh, they posted on social media the thank you WWE, and they posted a picture of uh, their locker, as it were. What do you think oh, about yeah. Grizzled Young Vets being done? I think it's, I mean... It's unfortunate to see them go, but they had a great run. They did fantastic work. Um, I think they could have done more, but then... I mean, they made a lot of people look good, which if you can highlight so many people to make them be at that level, you got to you gotta yeah. give that to someone, you know? That's a good point. That's a really good point. Um, we finally saw Sanga wrestle against Grayson Waller. It was solid. It wasn't amazing, It was, but it wasn't bad. Um, and then there was just other stuff that happened, but, oh, Natalia versus Tatum Paxley, I liked a lot. Natalia is so good. She was... The crowd, dude, I hate the fucking NXT crowd so bad. They well, so badly want to be the most important thing in every show, and they, they're they the reason, I'm convinced, they're the reason why when a wrestler goes to the main roster that there's the perception that something needs to change because they go, oh, it worked in NXT? Well, NXT doesn't have a real audience. They don't behave like audiences behave. So if it worked there, it might not work out here. Probably won't work out here because they like shit ironically. Or try and do something contrarian. They want, they know you want to be booed, so they'll cheer you. Like they're just being dicks. I don't understand what's wrong with them. Uh, but we did see the debut of Roxy, dude. Her, she's going by Roxanne Perez. She had a match against J.C. Jane. They showed a really cool little video package, kind of introducing who she was. She got a little promo. J.C. walked up, talked some shit, and then it was like, all right, well, how about you have a match tonight instead of next week? It was a really good match, dude. Like, she's really good. You know, actually, producer even brought it up when I was watching. Uh, Roxanne did an arm drag. She did a couple. And when she did it, I went, God damn, she's got a great arm drag. And producer looked at me and she goes, you hate arm drags. Because I constantly complain about people and their shitty arm drags or people jumping and diving over it where the arm drag doesn't even make contact. I yeah. swear to God, dude, Roxanne has like a steamboat level arm drag. She digs in deep and rips them over. It was sick. Hell yeah. Um, really excited for her. Dude, I think she's going to be the future. I'm down, I'm down like that. Like it to do like I get that like when you see a move done over and over again and like it's such a base move, you should you kind of skip it or you're like okay, can we not highlight this? But see it done well, you're like that, that's a mark something good like when they do you know like uh there's a thing in cooking of like reading about where like scrambled eggs are a test of people in a lot of ways because mm -hmm. to do scrambled eggs and not have them be like just kind of burnt eggs and have them have that custard texture that's kind of difficult to do yeah and yeah that, that's you know if it's something really basic hell yeah yeah and it's also one of those, like you said, it's one of the story moves. You go, you're, you a lot of times you go, yeah, arm drag, arm drag, okay, hip toss, all right, whatever. But when you see it performed on like a high level, all of a sudden you go, oh shit, that's like, what you're supposed to do. Yeah, Amanda, what do you think of Roxanne' debut? Um, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. It just, I don't know. 
I think I need to see another yeah. map. I don't know. I didn't okay. see anything. Yeah, I mean, I just didn't see anything that was like, oh my god. Like, great. But yeah. That's just me. I also, I mean, she was also in there with J.C. Jane, and I thought that J.C. Jane was looking better than she's looked in a while, too, so. Yeah, yeah. I think her being in that tag team with, um, and having Mandy there, I mean, I think it's elevated her wrestling a lot. Yeah, absolutely, you can see it. I agree. Uh, But I think there's a lot of potential with Roxanne. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you know what's cool, too, is she trained when she was still in school, and so she was, uh, also too young to go places on her own she was like 16 or 17 or something so yeah. she used to greyhound all around the country and have wrestlers pick her up from the greyhound bus and then drop them off at the greyhound bus and she would do her homework on the greyhound while she was going back and forth between her house and being back to school by monday wow fucking crazy it's amazing mm-hmm. uh this episode was weird though i mean did you notice a lot of cinematic stuff here mm-hmm like way yeah. more than normal. Like I like the the Joe Gacy and Braun Breaker stuff that's going oh, that on, was great. but Yo, that, that was, was super cinematic. The yeah. Roxanne intro was super cinematic. Uh, where's some of the other stuff? Saray and Tiffany had some kind of cinematic little spots going on in there. Like mm-hmm. the Legato and and Tony D'Angelo had a lot of like pretty yeah. cinematic shots that going on. Cool. Like this this episode was almost like a small movie yeah i feel like they were test trying to test something yeah me too with all these with all the um all these like cinematic kind of little transitions because i guess you know AEW was doing it for a little bit so mm. was it done well it was okay except the one that really stood out was the gacy and yes. that was no that was great that really had me drawn in with that one I felt uh, like it was a bit much, but it didn't take away from the overall thing because it, I'm liking Gacy so much. I know. See, the thing is, it's perfect for Gacy. Yes. See, I didn't think it was too much. I was just like, this is just like perfect. And then psychologically, with like Braun kind of just, you know, kind of losing it as it progressed, I think it, it, was, it was great. Yeah. So I think it definitely had its purpose. And, you know, it's making me really, really like give me this match or if you don't anytime like soon within like the next couple of weeks i need more of that build with that kind of cinematic stuff i think that that yeah i think that that would be great to lead up to like you know to lead up to something so yeah sounds good and then we get in cameron grimes and mellow and solo came out to help out grimes and said i got next he wants to have another one cameron grimes and solo like i'm all on board for that Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And I'm really liking Saray and Tiffany Stratton right now, too. Like, I'm ready yeah. for that program to, to move on to something else, but they're both killing it. No, they, it's a great program. I was thinking that this last week that um, when I was watching, I'm like, this is, this is where I think, you know, it's been great for Tiffany Stratton's development. Mm-hmm. And Saray, I think, kind of now her character her or new character or whatever you want to call it kind of makes sense now yes don't know about you but i, I that's the feeling i got and i'm like oh, mm-hmm. okay i get it now so i think maybe that's kind of enhancing my like of the program right now mm-hmm. but 
all in all, I really definitely am like, yeah, I love Tiffany Stratton. She's just growing on me big time. Yeah. She's going to, I think she's going to be a big deal too. The women over there right now, the potential of the women in NXT is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. So. Except for those two, I can live without Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada. Dude, I legit yeah. don't even pay attention to that stuff anymore. Yeah, I, I, it's... We had a trip that we just came back from and all that, and uh, while that was on, as soon as Pretty Deadly came out, I just started packing. I was getting up ready. <laughs> Producer was like, are you going to watch this? And I was like, no, I'll hear how it ends. Like, <laughs> there's anything important, I'll know about it. Yeah, it'll come up, I'm sure. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, anything else on NXT that you thought we missed? Uh, those are just kind of like my highlights on it because overall the show was like like I said kind of staticky just kind of like another episode like Saray and Tiffany we've seen like four times now which like you said it's great for Tiffany's uh, development but didn't do a lot for me other than saying yep another good match they're they're really working well together like I'm really missing um, I just blanked out on her name um was tagging with um with with EO. Am I forgetting? Oh, her? Zoe. Zoe, see. Yep. Yeah, I'm really missing her. Yeah, she's got to be coming back soon. I imagine, I right? Hope. She was injured, but yeah, yeah. I hope because I'd like to see her and Tiffany Stratton have some. Yes. Yeah, yes. that's what I'm looking forward to, really. Yes. And any more Wendy Chu? Not gonna lie, any more Wendy Chu. Wendy Chu's been doing so good. It's... I know. It's just, yeah. I mean, that, I'm sorry. That's just, that right there is how you make a character and committing to a character. I mean, that, you, you know, some people you have that and some people you don't, but damn, she, she's got it. And you have to be, I think, a very good wrestler and have good skills, a good skill set to do some of the things that she does. To yeah. go from Tian Sha to this, like fucking hell. Who, yeah, who is that? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think that. I thought she was done. When yeah, I got rid of the whole Ken Shaw thing, I'm like, she's done. They really didn't get to do anything. Yeah. But now it's like, holy shit, this is even, this is incredible. I mean, I, I'm like, wow. I wonder yeah. whose idea it was, if she pitched it or someone's like, yeah. you're the sleepy girl, you know? <laughs> or yeah. maybe. And her music okay. is probably the best music in NXT right now. Exactly. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Did either of you see, before we wrap up, did either of you see LA Knight's promo that he cut on the Dark SmackDown match? Nope. So for SmackDown, LA Knight came out and cut a promo where he said he was a, mag- uh, a managing talent agent, more or less, and brought out Mace. And uh, Mace is now like a model, and LA Knight was kind of his manager type, so it was like a little two-minute promo that... Uh, I'll find it and send it to you guys just so I can see what you think of it, but feel like it's a wave. I, I think it's a start. I don't mm. think a guy like him, for one, needs to take a million bumps if he's been doing it as long as he has, and if he can put other people over and get to a point where he talks people into the ring, and I don't think we've seen the last of him wrestle. I think that having him manage potentially a faction just means eventually he's going to talk himself into a match. Someone's going to get mad at him and want him mm. in the ring. and Yeah. That's how we <laughs> go, you know, so... But either way, if you guys hadn't seen it, I'll send it to you, see what you guys think. Um, 
But anything else know, you think we missed that we ought to hit? Well, I know oh. you talked about it when I'm gone. Um, what happened with Grizzled Young Vets? Yeah, I don't know. It just I think they just didn't resign. Is what it looks like. Because I was like, when they had their match and it, they didn't come out as Grizzled Young Vets. Yes. I was like, what, what, what's going on here? I was very confused. It was weird, and then afterwards on Twitter they, and Instagram even, they posted a picture of their lockers with like a gray, like a black and white picture, and it was like kind of empty, and it said, thank you, WWE. Mm. And they don't have anything that says NXT or WWE in their profiles. I think they're done. Wow. I mean, time will tell. Like you said, maybe they're getting rebranding. Maybe it's the end of the Grizzly Young Vets, but not the end of them. That's always possible. Could be. But, Could be. yeah, they might be done. Yeah, could be. They're great, man. Yeah. It's a bummer if they are done, but. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I did really love, you know, of course, because who doesn't love the Dotto? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're killing it. Yeah. And the, es- the Escobar promo that I was, I really liked it. Yeah. It oh, really no. oh, and then putting different. Natalia and Nikita on mic against each other. Yeah. That was cool. That was cool. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see Nikita and Natalia come on. Yeah. And the one thing with the, the Natalia match is I feel like that that crowd, that crowd is so just toxic and bad. They're the worst yeah. crowd. The worst crowd in all of wrestling is NXT's crowd. Mm-hmm. They okay. are 100% the reason why NXT talent do not work on the main roster or, or have to go through a makeover is because as soon as you walk out from NXT and they go, oh, the NXT crowd loved it. They go, well, then it must be awful because that crowd doesn't like shit. Yeah, they don't like, they boo the bad shit, the good shit. And they, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. They boo well, what doesn't work. Like if, if, if CM Punk came to NXT, it'd be like the world's biggest pop, but like, would it matter anywhere else? Yeah. yeah. Led by... Uh, uh, Izzy's dad. They literally, it's the crowd that literally cheered for a jobber because she was wearing blue pants. Like, they got Leva Bates over because she was blue pants jobber, and they thought it would be funny to cheer for the jobber every time they saw her. And that's why she never made it to the main roster, because she wasn't... It was just stupid, man. But I'm just saying, they're the worst fucking crowd. Um... Turner Fox says, okay, question two years from now, what will the wrestling landscape be like? Well, On fire? Fire. Permanent fires. Matt Cardona will have more titles. Probably. No, <laughs> WWE is still going to be going strong. Hopefully we'll see the inception at Universal Studios of the WWE land. Mm. I want a royalty on that. Yeah, and Matt Cardona um, will be Universal Champion. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he'll have a picture of him standing on the globe and, you know, oh, yeah. that thing in the fountain or whatever it is. Um, AEW probably is going to be on its last legs. Um, ROH um, probably will become an epic failure. And what will bail them out is going to be people who re- are wrestling for them, people like um, who care yeah. about that product, like a and Joe. And DVD sales. They'll sell all the DVDs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think um, you're going to see Jericho is probably going to still be kicking it and everyone's going to still be singing um, Judas. Yeah. Um, yeah, he'll be retired in two years, I think. No, 
I think, I think he's still going to do, he's going to pop his head around. Okada will retire. MJF uh, will be in WWE. Uh-huh. Um, I've yeah. always wanted to see Cena and Okada. But oh. I don't. But yeah. again, Suzuki. That's a- Suzuki and Cena. <laughs> No, John Cooper. No. Uh, Spinfuck does say, "Wild to think Cardona will be the one to beat Roman." Hundred percent, dude. No really? doubt. No yeah. doubt. He'll come back and do his run, and he will beat Roman. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Goldberg, whoever you want to throw at him, will beat them all. Well, yeah. I think I'm ready for last call, guys. How about you? Yep. Let's do it. I think we had a good time drinking with our drinking buddies here in the dive bar, of the IWC. I'm happy that everyone came through, especially. Uh, after the last few days and all. So thank you guys for coming and hanging and drinking. We got at Crybaby Clump over there. We got Miss Amanda Jane. I'm at Ref Marsh. We're at WOTR the show. And that's last call. Cheers. Y'all have a good night. Hey, producer lady here. Thanks for tuning in. Continue to support us or buy us a drink by following and putting the eye and subscribe on Twitch. Or subscribe and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Cheers! I would never have a drink with less than on the rocks.